Hello everyone and welcome back to more Knowing Wheel, episode 97, I think, of your favourite Formula 1 show. We're back this week, of course we've got car reveals kicking off very, very soon, so this is going to be the final of our winter trudge, I think we're calling it, <laughs> yes. of Formula 1. Of course, you know, we've had plenty of, well, we've, we haven't had plenty of news uh, over the last few weeks. This week isn't particularly different just yet, uh, because of course we're waiting on all the car reveals to be kicking off. But as always, I'm joined by Jamie183. How, how are we doing, mate? I'm good. I'm glad that we, uh, we're reaching the end of the winter which is uh, always nice because we yeah. might actually get something to talk about quite soon, hopefully. But we're here anyway. We're here every week. You can trust us. And actually, I think the first car livery will be out by the time you watch this. Uh, so, yes, um, it will be. So we've now yeah. got to pretend we know what's gone on with the Haas car. I'm really surprised they've done that with that car, Jamie. I think that might be a technical innovation that will change Formula 1. I think Nico Hülkenberg might win the championship. I think um, he will somehow finish P4 every race. <laughs> Yeah, potentially, but they they've got one pole to beat, so I reckon they might get two poles this year. Okay, fair enough. They're there gonna go. hire Robert Kubica, are they? <laughs> yeah, and I can't Robert Lewandowski. I was I was trying to think of another Polish Formula One fair or enough. a motorsport driver, but I couldn't. No, so that's, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. But yeah, quickly, obviously, what we're gonna do this year, we're gonna do things slightly differently. Of course, I know in the past. Uh, we've gone through and just every single car reveal we've done a little video on uh, because we're both quite busy with life nowadays. Yeah, we actually have jobs now. <laughs> this is my year. job, so I'm the exact opposite, to be honest. Yeah, true. We, we've gone opposite directions with it. Uh, each Monday, or obviously the video will go live on Tuesday, uh, we'll discuss all of the car reveals that have gone the week beforehand. Uh, so that's sort of going to be the plan this year. So make sure you get yourself subscribed for that as well. It is going to be very very good fun but yeah we've, we've got a few little bits and pieces to go through news wise haven't we jamie before we get into the meat of today's video yes and we'll begin with uh well a bit of alfa romeo news which is always exciting of course uh guan yu joe and valtteri bottas are here to uh get a couple wins this season probably based on my predictions last year i'll probably predict every team to get a win maybe in the next few weeks um but yes, the as we know, they're they're becoming the Audi Formula One team in 2026. Um, but Audi have kind of started making moves, and they've uh, they've actually bought a stake, a minority stake in Alfa Romeo, like as of right now. So the logo may be on the car this year. Uh, obviously, Orlen, who is the title sponsor, has moved on. Uh, we knew that last week, I think. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's a title sponsorship, but there is. Well, I don't think Audi is. Audi is. No, is Audi it? is not the title sponsor. No. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, they will have a minority stake in the team. So the logo could be on the car. Maybe different because obviously the all in red won't necessarily be on the car anymore. It could be. Matt's obviously the one employed by them, so I'll leave it to him. <laughs> uh, I think. <laughs> Throw you under the bus with that one. We, we could see Audi Motorsport red. Yeah, that'd be quite cool. There's, there's always the potential of that. But, of course, yeah, nice to see that, you know, this was always in the plan uh, that Audi were going to buy in a little bit more each year uh, between 2023 and 2026. So, you know, the fact that the first one's gone through quite smoothly. Uh, and also, as well, we were kind of unsure when it was all announced originally, but it is now confirmed that it will still be Sauber Audi when they come yeah. in. Or Audi Sauber, a bit like, obviously, BMW Sauber all those years gone by uh but jamie as well of course just mentioned there uh they have actually signed a new title sponsor as well for 2023 and that is stake uh which is a rather interesting company 
uh, ready for the new season. That, from what I gather, has made a fair old chunk of cash money over the last couple of years. So, Sauber have been paid. Yes. Yeah, and I think it's good because you think even five years ago, that team, before the Alfa Romeo deal came in and Ferrari kind of got in bed with Sauber a little more than they already were, um, that team was really struggling. Like 2016-17, they were cashless. They yeah, had pay drivers for days and now actually they've, uh, well, they've not got any. They're both very talented individuals. Uh, well, yeah, I think they're both very, very talented individuals, but I don't think you can argue still <laughs> it helps that, that Joe Guanyu has been massively helped by in. his sponsors. Um, but yeah, I mean, interesting, of course, everything going on with Alfa Romeo. Uh, to be honest, all the news we've really had this week has either been Alfa Romeo related or previously employed by Alfa Romeo. They also aren't running a team principal in 2023, which is a bit strange. Yeah, well, they, they, they hired Andrea Seidel, didn't they? But was that for technical director? So he is in a different role within the organisation. Yeah. I've just got to try and find the correct terminology again because it's all a, a bit alien i think to most of us sort of interested yeah. in the world of formula one let me just see if i can quickly grab the article back up because we're professional here definitely um, had it ready before i before did have it ready but point. then i realized it would show up on the wrong screen and then it would break everything so oh dear so he so the alessandro aluni bravi which I'll, I'll be completely honest. It's definitely pronounced right. <laughs> it's definitely, first of all, definitely pronounced right. But if that doesn't scream trust fund, I don't know what will. Um, <laughs> will be assisting uh, Andreas Seidel in 2023 as a team representative. Right. So it just sounds like different words for the same job, really. Pretty much. Pretty much. But interesting, obviously, that they've not gone quite down the traditional route of just a normal team principal. However... Alfa Romeo's former team principal has been creating waves this week as well, hasn't he, Jamie? Fred Vasseur, yeah. the fun-loving guy, has said, Ferrari are here to win in 2023. I'd look like a mug if I said anything otherwise. Yes. Yeah, and it's... Uh, I mean, they were really scraping the barrel, I think, with the news this week, because yeah. this team have... What is it? Two winless years in the last 40? Uh, so, something like that, anyway. But Ferrari... Oh no, more than that, isn't it? Like loads four, more five. than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. But um, yeah, we know we know they're going to probably win races. I would put a decent odds on that, to be fair. Um, and yeah, if he was like, oh no, we're going to do rubbish this year, I don't have any hope, that would be awful. He's in his first month at a new job. So yeah, you've you've kind of got to say that. But I mean, hopefully Ferrari can be a bit more serious than he have been in the past, but we'll have to wait and see. We, that we certainly, certainly will. So, as you will have probably read by the title of this video, we're going to be going through... Now, we will be honest, we had originally planned for this to be episode 100 uh, as kind of a special show, uh, but because of the way podcasts have lined up and obviously car reveals, this is kind of going to be the episode 100 special three episodes early. We, we don't know how long this is going to take, <laughs> but we are going to be doing... An F1 season tier list from 2010 to 2022. Uh, we, we've used the game templates just because it seemed a whole lot easier and, you know, bringing a little bit of nostalgia as well. But quickly, before we do that, I'm going to shoehorn in Jamie. He wanted me to give him a quiz this week. We completely forgot about it last <laughs> week. So I'm going to try concerned. and bring these two back together, Jamie. Of course, 2010, the start of a new generation 
in Formula 1. Bahrain, of course, hosted the season opener that year. It did. However, your quiz today, Mr. 183, is, as I click the wrong button, there we go, you are going to name me, you can go in either from oldest to most recent, or most recent to oldest, tell can me... Can I do a random order? You cannot do a random order. Okay. I'm, I'm banning that today. <laughs> you have got to give me every single winner of the Bahrain Grand Prix since its Ooh. inception. I should do all right at this. You should do all right at this. I was looking. Can through you tell me no what year? It, what year was the first year? Uh, I could tell you that, but you're going to run from 2020. I think backwards. I know. Okay, I think I know what year the first year was, but I'll just keep going. Um, cool. 2022. How long have I got? Yeah, as long as you need. Oh, great. Okay, 2022. Leclerc. Yep. 2021. Hamilton, yep. but it should have been Verstappen if Hamilton shouldn't wasn't qualifying cheat. It should um, Hamilton. 2020 official Bahrain Grand Prix was Hamilton. Sakir Loop was Perez. Yep. Which doesn't really count, but there we go. Just threw that in there. 2019. What race was that? Oh, that was the one where Ferrari threw away one too. Um, so it was Hamilton yep. from Bottas. Yeah. 2018. Ooh, I believe that was Vettel's second year winning. Correct. For Ferrari. So 2017 was also Vettel. Correct. So 2018, 20... of course, was, I think, an often forgotten race for actually the It was very good. good. Yeah. Uh, but it was Bottas just, should have sent it on the last lap. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 2017 Seb as well for Ferrari. Uh, 2016, Nico Rosberg Correct. Uh, won after Hamilton got blown up by Bottas yep. at turn one. Um, that was when Bottas did send it when he shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From like sixth on the grid and hit Hamilton who started on pole. Um, 20, what year is that? 15 was Hamilton Correct. from Raikkonen who should have won because, yeah, Hamilton had a breakaway wire failure on the last lap and still won. Um, 14 was obviously the battle of the Silver Arrows, the the, the race I refused to watch back because Rosberg lost out and Hulkenberg did lost out as well. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was Hamilton, 2014. 2013 Correct. and 2012 had exactly the same top three, which is a bit weird. So it was Vettel won both of those yep. from Raikkonen and Grosjean in that order. Um, 2011, the race did not happen because of protests. Correct. Um, the Bahraini uprising. Yeah, 2010, which was what started this quiz, apparently. Um, oh, hang on. Vettel had a failure. So it was Alonso in his first race for Ferrari. Correct. Massa and Hamilton. 09, Jensen. Yeah. Jensen Button. Uh, from Vettel and Trulli on the pole. Pole sitter, Jano Trulli. Um, 08. This is testing my knowledge here. Bear in mind, when you get one of these wrong, it's over. I know. So 08, Hamilton drove up the back of Alonso, so it wasn't him. It was either Massa, Raikkonen, or... No, it wasn't Kovalainen. It wasn't Kovalainen. So it was either Massa or Raikkonen. Ooh, I think it was Massa. Correct. Oh, that was close. Um, 07. Again, that was McLaren v Ferrari. Who would have won in 07? Well, it wasn't Hamilton, because he only he got his first win in Canada. 
seven. Well, I don't remember <laughs> nothing about this race. Um, you were six years old in your, in your defense. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, let's go for... Let's go for Alonso. Incorrect, my friend. Oh, was it right? Incorrect. Raikkonen? Nope. Oh, it was Massa again. It was wasn't Felipe it? Massa did the double. That's annoying. Alonso won the two years prior to that, and yeah. Michael Schumacher took the enormous. No, I think I did well. <laughs> you did well. You did pretty well there. I think it was fourteen uh, correct answers, yeah. which is not bad going. Is not bad going. But let's take it back then to Fernando Alonso's <laughs> third win around the Bahrain Grand Prix. Like we said, the start of a new generation in Formula One. Mercedes back after what nearly oh, over fifty years. Michael Schumacher back. After a small break of four years from Nico Hulkenberg debut, Nico Hulkenberg debuted <laughs> in slightly less exciting fashion. Three new teams on the grid as well, twenty-four cars. Although HRT were beyond useless, weren't they? Because they were still building the car. Eight seconds off the pace. Eight so seconds off the pace. But you know it was also the Bahrain endurance layout, which was awful. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's a good job they went back to the original two it years later. It certainly was. It certainly was. Let's, let's talk about the 2010 F1 though. season, though. Of course, a lot of these are going to be basically remembered for the championship battles, aren't they? Yes. And 2010, yeah. out of every single one of these, had the best battle of any of them. Of mm. course... Depends how you quantify. Well, it but... had the most drivers <laughs> in the battle. Yes, sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, um, I think I'm going to be controversial immediately in this list. Okay. 2010 is massively benefited by nostalgia because the individual races, other than the wet races, which there were a weird amount of, because those were all quite good. The the dry races were just boring, or basically all out, <laughs> just because there was no DRS, the cars couldn't follow. There's no curves. They basically, after lap one, were no overtakes. Some of the cars had curves. They didn't. They did. Some of them did. I no, swear. They, they got. Oh nine had curves, and oh, none no, of them. No. They Ten had the option. Yeah. They had the option, but no one wanted it because it was really badly optimized back then. Yes. But yeah, no, you are the right. the individual races were just pretty trash. Um, obviously, the overarching battle of the season was excellent. I'm not denying that, and the wet races were quality as well, the likes of Australia, China, Korea. Uh, spa was wet as well so it, it was an enjoyable season but if you sat down for an hour and a half to watch any of the 17 races that didn't have wet, wet weather in them you would be quite bored so I don't think you go lower than decent but it wasn't I don't top two is a bit too much for it I think which maybe is controversial but yeah, let me know what you think it's very controversial isn't it but you you are pretty much spot on I mean there were there were quite a lot of storylines throughout the season yeah. as well let's not forget of course, you had you know the the real start of Red Bull's run of great form. You know the real test of Sebastian Vettel. I mean, Red Bull obviously that year qualifying wise were utterly dominant. Uh, to, apart from Brazil, it, apart from Brazil and uh, <laughs> Canada, Singapore, Monza. Yeah, there you go. Were, There's the four. Yes, yeah, spot on. That was very good. Um, <laughs> of course, yeah. I mean, just looking through that season, though, there are so many memories, isn't there? Of course, Jensen Button. Uh, becoming the first driver to win back-to-back Australian Grand Prix with different teams, if I remember correctly, of all time. Um, he would have become the first driver to win back-to-back championships with different teams since Fangio. He would have, yeah, win. but he didn't so. win. Um, <laughs> of course, you had, you know, looking further throughout the year, of course, the controversy between the Red Bulls at Turkey and then Silverstone. Not bad for a number two driver. The Ferraris at Hockenheim. That was Ferrari a bit at controversial. Hockenheim as well. You know, Fernando is faster than you. 
it, it certainly was quite an up and down season, wasn't it? Of course, no driver won a race whilst leading the world championship, which is always an absolutely mad stat. Is as that well. true? Yeah, no driver won a race whilst leading the wow. world championship. That's incredible. I didn't actually know that. Fair. Uh, was yeah, a big thing, wasn't it? The Red Bull, to be fair though, should have absolutely battered that season. Very true. Um, it was just that. But they had horrendous reliability, and Vettel and Weber both made a few mistakes individually as well. Yes, yeah. I think often they are potentially even on this show unfairly criticised for how many mistakes they made. Yeah. Uh, but you know, had either of them ran a slightly less, you know, they they both like I said struggled with reliability, but they both also had quite a few errors over the course of the year that meant that either of them could have ran quite a dominant campaign and wrapped it up with sort of two, three races to go. But it did mean for the first time ever in Formula 1 and the only time to date, we went into Abu Dhabi with a four-way title fight. Yes, although Hamilton was 24 24 points points off. (laughs) Um, Yes, I mean, Abu Dhabi was insane just for the intensity of it. But again, the race itself wasn't that good no like you had Vettel not Vettel sorry Alonso and Weber, who were two of the main title protagonists could not overtake Petrov in the fifth or sixth fastest car um for most of the race for 45 or so laps and if that doesn't scream that there's a problem with overtaking then yeah I don't know I 2010 that was obviously a quality season and I'm not denying that but I don't know if it can go top two because the race well, you've literally just worked. said it was a quality season and you're not going to put it in quality no it was a decent season a de- <laughs> you're changing that now are you i am i am let's also not forget as well of course the last year of bridgestone tires before we back to oh, bridgestone were horrendous well yeah but they probably aren't much better though are they no probably at first though people loved them until they started blowing up um, which was pretty much but, immediately yeah. <laughs> of course you know we, we also had you know looking further down the roster you know just the absolute mammoth amount of backmarker cars uh, that was stuck, yeah. you know, in obviously old and new names, you know, Hakeover Line and Yano Trudy got absolutely screwed as well as <coughs> Timo Glock uh, by, you know, coming from decent teams to being stuck in basically dustbins on wheels. Yep. Karun Chandok, it's always a good year when Karun's there. Uh, Bruno Senna, Lucas Degrassi, of course, forgotten Formula 1 drivers, or Bruno Senna, uh, did obviously maintain a bit more of an F1 career down the line. And, of course, Sakon Yamamoto as well. What more could you ask for than Sakon Yamamoto in a Formula 1 car? Every driver, though, Jamie, outside of those bottom teams, did score points, though, which is quite impressive. Mm. Indeed, yeah. Some of them a few more than others. The Toro Soda Salva were pretty slow, but then Kobayashi did pretty well. And uh, it's always... As there was that weird time on YouTube where putting Kamui Kobayashi in a title got you about 20,000 views. There were so, a lot of Kamui Kobayashi fans. That was less than a year yeah. ago as well, which is kind of mad. So yeah. are we saying F1 2010, a four-way <coughs> title fight we only reckon was a decent season? Yeah, but there's a, got a lot of competition. We'll get on to better okay. seasons. Okay. Well, we can reconsider we at the can. end. Briefly. We can later on. Let's head over then, Jamie. Of course, like we said, you know, 2010 was the start of a new era, but also the end of a new era in many ways. You know, as we mentioned, DRS, ERS were both uh, an eight or curse, sorry, even uh, for 2011. Of course, you know, we saw Sebastian Vettel become the youngest ever Formula One world champion. Would he be able to go back to back? Um, no, no major driver changes, though, across the big teams. Of course, we did no. get the introduction, though, of Pastor Maldonado. <laughs> I knew you were going there. Of course I was going to go there. 
Yeah. Uh, and I think, what was it? Um, obviously, the Lotus car, or Renault became Lotus, but that's pretty yes. arbitrary. Yeah. Um, I mean, 2011, are kind of the opposite of 2010, really, because this championship narrative was trash, because Vettel was so good this season. Probably probably a second best season of all time um and that ruined the championship basically because he'd wrapped it up so early uh but the individual races is because of drs and well basically the races that vettel didn't win they were pretty insane and one of the like the best race of the decade in my opinion is in 2011 in canada of course so yeah the likes of canada uh china was really entertaining yeah, uh, Germany was pretty good. Hamilton, Alonso, Weber fight for the win. Yeah, uh, what else was all right? Yeah, not not really much else. Japan was all right actually, Japan was but a good race. I think it can't it can't go above 2010 in my opinion. No, no, it is kind of again. You know, we <coughs> talk about how most people only remember seasons for their championship narrative, but obviously there were you know a few other big talking points over the course of that year. Of course, you know the fact that Lotus slash Renault. Uh, you know, they got two podiums in the first two races yeah, of the year, and then were absolute dog poo after that, because, of course, they were the first team uh, to experiment with the exhaust, wasn't it? Or they had the, the blown, blown diffuser. They had the backwards exhaust, didn't they? <coughs> which Yeah, they the blown ac- exhaust gases, which was the big narrative of this season. Which they accidentally perfected first time round, and they didn't even yeah. think they did. Uh, which was quite funny because then they couldn't improve on it. Of course, Nick Heidfeld was then dropped uh, halfway through the season. Really despite, unfairly, he was ahead despite of Petrov being better than Petrov. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Russian money back then held its value, uh, and then obviously Bruno Senna was brought back for the second half of the year, scored yeah. points once. Yeah, and took out a load of drivers in Spa at Turn One. He did take out a load of drivers well. at Spa at Turn One. That is yeah. certainly also true. I mean, true. looking at this, it was just very meh, wasn't it? It was a, it was just there. <laughs> The race is like I don't think I could put it bottom tier because of Canada. No, no. But it's I think tier four. Okay, makes a lot of sense here. Yeah, and of course we also had Jamie. Let's not forget, and it, it is going to pay me to mention this slightly, but without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, anyway, Lewis Hamilton's only terrible Formula One season, and that's mad to say when he still won three races. Yeah, but as a driver. Yeah. He was thoroughly outclassed by Jensen Button throughout most of the year, and him and Felipe Massa did spend a lot of the year just kind of rekindling yeah. their love of two. I think it was four or five times they five clashed races. on track. Five races uh, they came together, which is pretty crazy. Um, obviously, India was the first first year of Indian Grand Prix. Yeah. Um, the only non Red Bull pole of the year was at Korea, actually, with Hamilton. Yeah. Um, after he just broke up with uh, Nicole. Nicole. I was going to say Shakira for a second, but that Nicole definitely wasn't Shakira. Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Red Bull again had come to be the fastest car and actually didn't have that much reliability issues this year. So, yeah, it was pretty pretty good time to be a Red Bull or Sebastian Vettel. It certainly was. Uh, it certainly was. However, if we, like we said, definitely not a better season than 2010. I feel like this one belongs in okay. Yeah, I agree with you. Although I did quickly as well want to pick up on a point you mentioned. I would honestly say 2011 was Sebastian Vettel's best ever F1 season across the entire year. I think, yeah, it was very, very consistent, of course. And He didn't finish, off, wait, sorry, he finished off the podium, finished off podium twice once. all year, and that included oh, yeah. a retirement in Abu Dhabi. Yes, yeah. And that but was the, just one third place. So the German fourth place was pretty... 
like that was a pre pretty mistake ridden i think 2013 he was just operating at a high level because he was destroying everyone weekly okay and i know he was basically doing that here as well but i would rank 2013 higher but fair that's enough. just me fair enough let's go then jamie to i think a season that is <laughs> fondly in our memories not oh, only yes. because it actually was a good season uh, but also the narrative as well of course around it 2012 seven winners in the first seven Grand Prix, what a season to be alive! Yeah. yeah, to watch this season as it happened is an absolute privilege. To be fair, and for newer fans, go just back go, and watch go, the go, go and watch it. <laughs> it was incredible, and yeah, I I mean it's going to go and goated. There's no question of a doubt. You had so much going on. You had uh, what? Well, eight different drivers from six different teams won races. You also had Sauber should have won a race in Malaysia. Yep. Force India should have won a race in Brazil. So well, very easily could have, have been eight stronger teams. for them. Well, they were. Hulk they could have done if they didn't. Into Lewis, yeah. If Alonso didn't ask for a safety car for no reason to make it more interesting, then he would have won. So um, that is mad, though, that eight teams could have won a race that year. Yeah, yeah. And then I think eight teams or seven teams did score podiums. Was it Which only quite crazy. seven teams? Perez got a podium. No, he was still at Sauber, wasn't he, that year? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul DeRosta definitely didn't. Yeah, so it was seven no, teams still got didn't. podiums. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you only... No one got back-to-back wins until the point of a battle just deciding he was going to boss Asia and win four in a row. Um, but yeah, incredible, incredible season. Obviously, the title fight, the finale in Brazil between Lonzo and Vettel, both going for their third championship, was one of the best races like often with title deciders they're, they're fondly remembered because of the intensity and they weren't actually good races this was an insane race <laughs> and it was a title decider um, yeah there was so much going on like you had Grosjean taking everyone out of turn one every race yep. Raikkonen was back Schumacher was probably his best year of his return with no. a pole position I was going to say pretty much the opposite to be honest really? I mean, 2010... And he was plagued he, by reliability. He, he was plagued by reliability as well, but when he started crashing into the back of people too often... What, once? Eh, it was more than once. It was, what other he, race? Everyone just remembers Spain. The Singapore. Oh, well, there yeah, we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we remember two different ones then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but he got the, the... He did get the, the pole in Monaco, in which Monaco. was magical. But that was... I was going to say... And the podium at Valencia. But I was going to say, that was kind of... For Schumacher, like he got thoroughly outclassed by Rosberg that oh, year. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it was definitely the writing was on the wall, wasn't it at that point? And yeah. of course, uh, as often is uncommon, uh, sorry, incorrectly remembered, one of the most defining races throughout the next decade of Formula One, wasn't it? Uh, Twenty twelve Singapore. Really? It was what everyone still oh. believes is why Hamilton left the trigger. McLaren to go to Mercedes. Mm despite the fact the deal had already been signed earlier on that week yeah yeah well it was kind of like the final nail in the coffin wasn't it but it was after Spa when Hamilton tweeted about the telemetry where he tweeted a picture of confidential McLaren information he did yeah and they got annoyed at him so he's like alright I'm off yeah he went off he'd already decided by uh, after yeah. the attack but the McLaren McLaren was probably the fastest car that year should um, have at, at the very least been in the championship fight. Yeah, but, I mean Hamilton's Hamilton second so half many of the year is just peppered with retirement win, retirement win. Yeah. It's mad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean it's always kind of weird, isn't it? You know, we sort of talk about the fact that Hamilton, you know, could have had ten Formula One World Championships quite easily. This is often the one that's 
less remembered that could have still gone the right yeah. way. And they they had so many slow pit stops first half of the year as yes, well. Yes, as well. So combination of slow pit stops and reliability and a bit of bad luck in like Valencia got taken out. Uh, where else? He got taken out somewhere else. Oh, I guess Brazil, but that was Glock's fault. Um. Plus, obviously, <laughs> mechanicals at Abu Dhabi, Singapore yeah, that cost yeah, him yeah. two wins. You know, that could have easily put him on 240 Bel- points Belgium turn one. Belgium turn one as well. Uh, yeah, he could have. it could have been another Hamilton Championship that year, or at the very least, a three-way fight for the title yeah. between three Alonso teams. Alonso going toe-to-toe against Vettel in probably the fourth fastest versus the second fastest car, though. Insane. Yes. And exactly. Raikkonen doing bits in the Lotus. Raikkonen well, just Abby. doing Raikkonen things. Was oh, this season. We should move on. <laughs> We're waxing lyrical so Honestly, hard. <laughs> if you haven't watched 2012, go back, watch it before the new season gets underway. It is an absolute gem, and it's going straight into quality. Um, yeah. But of course, 2012. Uh, sorry. Were, sorry. Not quality. Quality. That's only second. Sorry, goated. Yeah, even. Um, 2012 though was the final season, Jamie, with 24 drivers though, or 24 cars. Yeah. Though, I should say. F1 was worse off without HRT. It, it was really much was. worse off without HRT. <laughs> but 2013 was kind of a bit of a change, wasn't it? Uh, the you know, it wasn't the end. Well, it was the end of an era, but it kind of already felt like an era had come to an end heading into the year, didn't it? Yeah, because he kind of had the big three, consistently big three teams of McLaren, Ferrari, Red Bull for the last, I guess, like three years had all kept the same lineups and the same level of competitiveness pretty much other than Lotus and Mercedes occasionally showing their head uh, here and there, like, and suddenly that all shifted, that changed, and Mercedes were right there. Obviously, Hamilton made the move from McLaren to Mercedes. McLaren with Button and Perez just dropped off. They were battling Force India for a lot of the season. They ended up finishing fifth in the championship, I believe. Was it fourth? Uh, I no, believe it was, fifth, it was yeah. fifth place overall. Yeah. Um, and you still had Lotus right there. They were actually really good, and Grosjean especially, weirdly. Second half of the season, just suddenly remembered how to drive. Um, yeah, 2013... Again, the championship narrative was dead because uh, Vettel just bossed it. But I do hold a special place in my heart for this season just because it was quite fun. And the races themselves are very underrated. And people people look at the whole narrative of the season and just think it was boring. But especially the first half, up until the, first half the was point... Quite wild. The, up until the point of Vettel just dominating the last nine races in a row, it was quite... It wasn't a close championship, but it was close enough to keep it interesting. So I'm looking at the championship after Hungary, which was the last race that Vettel didn't win. <laughs> uh, was Vettel was on 172, Raikkonen 134. So what's that? Uh, 38. 38 points, which is more than a race win, but it's not it's not unreasonably far. And then Seb had Alonso. literally clawed back a bigger gap the year before. Yeah, yeah. And then Alonso was right, one point off Raikkonen. Hamilton was 10 points off Raikkonen. So it was, it was good. It was entertaining, certainly. The tyres were... They nailed it up until the point they got scared of Silverstone happening again. Because the tyre situation was really, really entertaining the first half of the year until they started exploding. Uh, Unless you were Mercedes. Is, yes. They, they weren't a fan of the tyres. <laughs> Mercedes, of course, that year... Uh, obviously, this was... It's mad to think about, of course, because this was a Mercedes that had only won one Grand Prix going into that year. But they just started taking pole positions left, right and centre but then could just never win Grand Prix in the process, yeah. could they? Yeah, no. They they basically had to do an extra stop at every single race. Um, 
or two extra stops because these were the tires where you could run them for like as long as their lifespan maybe 10 or 15 laps depending on the track and then they would drop off by like three or four seconds a lap they basically yeah, it was explode. insane and Kimi Raikkonen was an absolute wizard in the first half of the year, just that Lotus keeping was just them alive. Very good, wasn't it? Ja- yeah. Was it James Key? I feel like his name was. Who... I think it that rings a bell. Well, obviously, they, like, that was how he won the Australian Grand Prix, wasn't it? At the start of the year, because they were yeah. not a fast car. But I they think did a two stop. They did a two stop when everyone else had to do a three stop. And I mean, Kimi yeah. took four podiums in the first five Grand Prix. He was absolutely yeah. on it. Qualified seventh in Australia and won on a two stop. That's mad. <laughs> bizarre absolutely bizarre um but of course you know there were a few other things going on of course that year you know we sort of speak about the championship narrative and of course unfortunately what's forgotten is of course because red bull and seb dominated the battle for p2 overall the constructors was very good mercedes beat ank ferrari by just six points and lotus had kimmy not gone away um (laughs) you know should have been in that fight right to the very end as well of course it allowed hamilton to jump kimmy uh in the drivers championship um, by just six points, despite Kimi missing the final two Grand Prix and retiring from Abu Dhabi almost immediately. Yeah. But that all being said, as well, of course, Seb's nine wins in a row was record-breaking, quite iconic. Yes, it definitely was. And uh, what the the win at India, which secured the championship with him doing donuts on the main straight, is just iconography of F one, really, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. So exactly. it's a I. It's definitely better than 2011 for me. I was thinking, put it in decent with 2010. Put it in decent, yeah. yeah I mean, Nico Hulkenberg, shout out for beating Perez in a way slower Sauber than the McLaren. Uh, yeah, well, way slower, I think, is a bit strong. I would say this is one of Hulk's best years in Formula 1. I would as um, well. This is definitely when he was at his peak. In 2014 as well, he was insane. But this is not about Nico Hulkenberg. That's just me. But... <laughs> Uh, who who retired after this? I guess Weber left. Mark uh, Weber finally called an F1 career. Paul De Resta oh. retired and went up to Sky Sports. Retired is a bit strong. Paul De Resta <laughs> got dumped um, at the end of that year. Of course, then we know guess, Daniel Ricciardo yeah. got the call up to uh, Red Bull ahead of Jean Eric Verne, rather controversially in many people's eyes. Um, yeah. Still not 100 percent sure how, but it is what it is. Oh it no, was that more was controversial year after. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, ignore me. Um, Esteban Gutierrez as well, of course, didn't leave or come back to Formula 1 but uh, he did know. oh sorry that's what I meant he, this wasn't like the end of his F1 career no my apologies no. and it was this also debut. Heike Kovalainen's last ever Formula 1 Grand Prix wow for Lotus at the end of the year two races a, where Grosjean came second and he came 14th yes <laughs> great job but yeah we move we move on to the turbo hybrid era 2014 here we are and 2014 is not looked back on with much fondness, I feel. No. Because <laughs> um, Mercedes ruined Formula 1 for the next... Ruined is strong, <laughs> but they did kind of destroy everyone. Yeah. The fact that in Bahrain there was a safety car that ended with 10 laps to go, the Mercedes were going at it, like literally wanting to kill each other for these next 10 laps, I think and they still won by 20 seconds. At that point of the year still. Yeah, but like they were going, they were battling. They were battling hard, hard, but they were still good mates at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the fact they they were able to battle that hard with ten laps to go, and they still won by twenty seconds. <laughs> it's Absolute insane. Man. They they genuinely had usually one and a half seconds in race pace over the rest of the field, which yeah. In- incredible stuff it, it, but it did but that also being said up. unlike the Red Bull dominant years beforehand 
Rosberg, for the most part this year, did put up a good fight against Hamilton. He did. He did. And he was also, I mean, they were both really unlucky. That was the one thing that let Mercedes down was their reliability wasn't great. Yes, yeah. Um, what was it? Five mechanical failures across the year with obviously Rosberg as well could have retired in Abu Dhabi but didn't. Yeah. But apart yeah, from so that, effectively six. every other race they were on the podium apart from Rosberg at Hungary. Which he would have been if Hamilton wasn't so stubborn. But well, there we go. He should have closed up and overtaken him. <laughs> <laughs> of course, hungry, you know yeah, we, we had uh, the you know the rise of Daniel Ricciardo to stardom. Of course, beating out uh, Sebastian Vettel in his the you know the reigning four-time world champion in his team. Uh, of course, you know Sebastian Vettel. A lot of people still, for whatever reason, believe that was just so he could go to Ferrari. Um, yeah, he deliberately made deliberately a stop for to get a move. Himself. Exactly, exactly. But you know just. A, a bizarrely, you know, forgotten season as well. Of course, you know we've, we've also got, you know, like you said, Hulkenberg had a very, very good year. Perez obviously got that podium in Bahrain. Um, there, there were different yeah. narratives. There of was a kind of a new order, really, wasn't there? There was. Had, there was. Effectively, the, the big three was then Mercedes, Red Bull, Williams, which kind of Ferrari obviously came back, but they were the big three for the next, or the big four for the next, yes, three yeah. or four years, weren't they? McLaren just were a bit far away from then on throughout Force a lot of the generation. India, really. yeah. yeah, and of course, you know, Kevin Magnussen, podium on Formula 1 debut, still yet debut. to get another one. Um, but, he, but he did beat out Kimi Raikkonen that year, which is kind of impressive. That is really impressive. Raikkonen had a really poor year. The Ferrari Hoover was not great. No, it was um, a dog. This is one of Alonso's better years as well. The fact he finished sixth in a car that really should not have been finishing fourth in the constructors. No, I don't um, think it was any worse than the cars behind it. It though. was probably level-ish with McLaren and Force India, yeah. but Alonso dragged it. Alonso did bring it be. into a safe fourth that it probably didn't deserve that safety. Yeah. Did it? But I mean, 2014 then where where do we think it goes? Uh I'm trying to think is there anything much worse than it? I it's probably okay just ahead of 2011 yes, I would go I, I think that's a fair assessment that is a fair assessment uh, you just mentioned there about anything worse I think there is oh, yeah. potentially one oh, yeah. candidate coming <laughs> straight up and that is of course in the nicest way possible Jamie because Rosberg was just a bit mediocre that year uh, he had was bad crying. reliability as well <laughs> and Hamilton just decided you know what I'm going to I'm going to have my own sort of Sebastian Vettel style season yes yeah Rosberg was fairly yeah, poor this year. To be fair, but comparing it to twenty fourteen and sixteen, this was definitely his worst year. Yes. Um, but he also did get incredibly unlucky. Uh, actually, not that unlucky. No. No, only twice, and Hamilton had it once. So, you know what? Maybe Rosberg should have stopped crying, but he did in the year after. But twenty fifteen did happen. Um, yes, it did. Mercedes battered everyone, but they did have a few off races. Uh, Hungary. There, of were, there were chinks in the armor, wasn't there in twenty fifteen? Hungary and Singapore were the first two hybrid era races to not feature a Mercedes on them. Yeah, um, on the podium. On the podium, sorry. So, yeah, Sebastian Vettel really came back. His stock was back up to where it arguably was in 2013. Yeah. Um, absolutely bossing it in Ferrari that year. Uh, was ahead of Rosberg briefly in the USA in the championship. Yeah, going into um, the US Grand Prix. Going into the Hamilton, US Grand Prix. It wasn't about whether he could beat Rosberg, it was whether he could beat Sebastian Vettel, uh, which is absolutely mad. Yeah, three race wins and a pole position. So, yeah, very, very good stuff from Vettel. Uh, Raikkonen, obviously, slightly less good, but he was a lot better than the year before. Yes, um, yeah. Comfortable fourth in the end with Williams next up, fifth and sixth with Bottas and Massa. And, um, of course, McLaren-Honda. The absolute oh, yes. disaster that was <laughs> McHonda. 
But Alonso somehow got a fifth place in in Hungary. <laughs> and still finished behind Button in the championship. Yeah. I mean, that is just a sea of retirements. Ninth a sea place of retirements. Ninth in the Only ahead of Marussia, who were the backmarker team that year. Madness. Absolute madness. Yeah. And, of course, the other chaotic story of that time that Red Bull allowed a 17-year-old to drive its Formula 1 car. Yeah, what were they thinking there? What, I wonder what he's got up yeah, to. Yeah, I wonder what sense. he's done since then. <laughs> Absolute madness, wasn't it? But I still, I mean, I was actually watching back footage a few weeks ago, uh, sort of preview in 2015, talking about Max Verstappen and just how young he looks. Oh, you I know. know he's like a child. He is a, it's a, crazy. Literally, it's the only time in Formula 1 history a, a literal child uh, was given a Formula 1 seat. And just the fact that we really did not know how that was going to go, did we? Because no, he'd done no, one he could have been season shocking. of junior formula. And this yeah. was, this it was wasn't even a full season, was it? It was, Formula 3. He got a lot oh, of retirements. But, yeah. um, you know, the fact this was such a big gamble. And he still almost got two podiums that year. And, of course, we were all asking, what happens if he gets a podium and he can't drink the champagne? Like, yeah. this is something that Formula <laughs> 1 had never had to consider before. And then, of course, he yeah. was outlawed the year after. That seven, you know, you had to have a full driver's license. Yeah, Max was so good they changed their rules, and were that's been a theme of his career, really. So, yeah, his debut year, fourth place in Hungary, fourth place in USA, just mixing it in places he should not have been. Absolutely rinsing the midfield in a car that was probably the sixth or seventh fastest usually. Um, Carlos Sainz also debuted next to him uh, very credible driver but got absolutely rinsed by Verstappen had bad reliability uh, well, as well quite bad reliability yeah. as well yes um, but yeah it was it was a fun year but it just the narratives just weren't there because Hamilton bossed it yeah it felt a bit more like there were a lot of storylines outside of the car rather yeah. than actual for good on track battling wasn't it I think this was the problem yeah, yeah. with 2015 are we placing it in mediocre? I think it's probably, yeah. It's probably the there. best candidate for mediocre, isn't it? Yeah. I think. <laughs> Let's bring it over then, Jamie, to a season that... Oh. Yeah, here we go, here we go. Here we go, 2016, what a year. The luckiest ever Formula 1 world champion. <laughs> no, yes, I can, I can shout about Nico Rosberg for weeks, so you here can, we go. You can, I'm sure uh, you will. Yeah his greatest year in f1 no doubt about that this was a really really good year like the mercedes was obviously incredibly fast um there was only one race that probably wasn't the fastest car yeah in monaco well, we spoke uh, about this Ricardo. last week didn't we about yeah we did actually yeah um but it was just their consistency their absolute machine this year because their reliability had all but gone uh until malaysia which we laugh about laugh is strong um, yeah, Rosberg won the first four races. Hamilton was just messing around, not really focusing properly, um, and then took him out in Spain. So Rosberg to stop the winning Hamilton streak, Spain, yeah, you're right. To stop the winning streak, Hamilton had to drive on the grass and uh, take him. Um, Rosberg take them should out. have pressed the right buttons <laughs> on his steering wheel. Yeah, but this, the narrative this year, the the points gap swung so much throughout the year. I think uh, Rosberg was what forty three points ahead. I think it was. Yeah after the first four races and then after Germany which was the race before the summer break Hamilton was back ahead by about 25 no, points no he was he, I don't think he was ever ahead or if he was it was only by a couple of points no it was more than a no, like more it, than it seven wasn't, it wasn't Jamie how many was it 
Let me have a look. I'm just looking at the chart on Wiki. Yeah, I've got the championship here. Hamilton was 217, Rosberg was 198. So it was oh, 19, 19 points. 19 points, yeah. Which is pretty hefty. Um, and then Rosberg came out from the summer break, absolutely firing. Three wins in a row, uh, kind of helped by Hamilton starting from the back in Belgium and then uh, had a really bad start in Italy. And then Singapore was probably Rosberg's greatest ever weekend in Formula 1. It often forgotten, um, isn't it? 2016 yeah, Singapore for Rosberg. And then, yeah, obviously the Malaysian Grand Prix was such a swing. The, t- the points battle was so tight at that point. I think Rosberg was just ahead. Um, got taken out of turn one by Vettel, looking like it was going Hamilton's way, winning the race comfortably. Rosberg was coming back through the field, probably going to finish fourth or third, maybe. And then Hamilton's engine failure in Malaysia, which still brings a smile to my face, I have to admit. So- that makes one of us. If, that, if that's um, how your boy needed to win a world championship. <laughs> Maybe Hamilton shouldn't have got eight bad starts throughout the year, then he might have been okay. Um, yeah, insane. Insane race and insane season, really. Uh, Verstappen, this was his first break onto the scene. Obviously, the debut race for Red Bull in Spain became his debut win for Red Bull in Spain and then spent the rest of the year just doing bits. Was probably slightly off the pace of Ricardo, but then that Red Bull, both drivers were probably... Yeah. Come to be in the top four. That Red Bull wasn't great, and we've got to remember as well we're comparing a Daniel Ricciardo with five years of F1 experience to an 18 year old still. Yeah, yeah. You know, this was still, you know, Max, you know, a lot of occasions this year he was far too aggressive. You know, a lot of dangerous blocks and things like that were still coming in. Um, But, you know, he was was testing the waters, he was learning, uh, and, and to be fair to him, he was making Formula One, albeit sometimes quite dangerous very exciting as well on yeah. more than one occasion yeah. because usually you, you did have the mercedes at the front but the good thing was you had the red bull and ferrari were so similar paced that you had a four-way battle for second yeah well third effectively yes a lot yeah. of the time um and then you also had like the williams force india battle was going on in the midfield uh the mclaren was sometimes okay the mclaren honda uh, that was so much good stuff this year. And, um, of course, there is only one good memory from the 2016 Malaysian Grand Prix, Jamie. <laughs> Jolian Palmer's debut points. The boy! My boy! <laughs> he scored points. i gotta, I got to give him a shout-out. Jolian Palmer there. There we go. With the one solitary point that year. Hulk should have got a podium in uh, Spa, but they red-flagged it because... Uh, don't know why it wasn't really good enough reason i don't think um you can't even remember can you <laughs> no it was it was magnuson absolutely oh yes like Throw losing it a photo yeah. rouge that was a big, which is pretty big dangerous crash. big big crash yeah um it was just a very very good year uh and obviously rosberg knew it wouldn't happen again so quit and fair play to him <laughs> bailed out immediately immediately <laughs> yeah think... lives in hamilton's head rent free till this day oh, i'm so, not convinced by that i think if you ask <laughs> hamilton what's your thoughts on nico rosberg he'd probably go nico who um, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, it's a weird year, isn't it? Because, again, this is probably one of two examples, isn't it? And, of course, the other one we'll come back to later on, of where Hamilton should have come from behind to win the title, um, but something out of his control takes it away. But that also being He said, shouldn't have know, been behind this, in the first he place. He should not have been that far behind anyway through his own mistakes because this was probably the year that he needed to have to be as dominant yeah. as he was for the him... next few years. Um, yeah, because, without know, 2016, he doesn't he doesn't batter Vettel out of the park no, in the following exactly, years. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he did just spend a bit too much time partying in the first half of that year, but also proved come the second half of the year, or especially you know when when the chips are down still, 
that when Hamilton wants to win and dominate, Hamilton can still win and dominate, as he did in those yeah. final four races. But that being said, Rosberg did do everything he needed to. Absolutely. And we love him for that. And it's going quality. And no, I don't care. it's not going quality. Yeah, it no, is. No, it's, it's not. But you're not <laughs> seriously suggesting that season is better than 2010. You are I not, genuinely would rather watch 2016. That. I would put it I... between 13 and 14. I'm are not, you serious? I'm not saying that F1 2016 was a better Sorry, what's the year. other one in decent? What's the other one in decent? Uh, decent is F1 2010, 2013. It's better than 2013. Uh, okay. Okay. I'll settle for it being we'll between, between those them. two. We'll put between them. That's fair. But we'll like personal that. tier list, it's in quality. Yeah, I, I would love to watch this. This isn't a back. personal tier list. <laughs> Otherwise, 2015 would have been goated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hamilton's best season. No, it's not his best season. It's not. Really. 2017, we though, James. Speed up. We should. We should. <laughs> um, you know, of course, we saw Mercedes dominate these three years prior. And, you know, a bit of a change up the second generation of the turbo hybrid cars. Obviously, a lot more downforce, the quickest Formula 1 cars of all time, and, far more importantly, we got two of the best of a generation duking it out to really prove we did. who yeah. is better. Yeah, and this was a, especially the first half of the season, insane championship battle, really. No and one the won back-to-back races until the second half second of the year. Second half of the season, yeah. Um, but yeah, the first half of the season was insane. I would argue the Ferrari was slightly faster Maybe like straight line speed that Mercedes always had the edge. Yeah, but in this terms is of I think overall... the thing, isn't it? The first half yeah. of that year had a lot more high downforce circuits, which helped Ferrari. Yeah, but I think 2018 their car. I feel like 2017 Ferrari. Sorry, Mercedes had a slight edge. 2018 was the year Ferrari should have won rather than could have. Yeah, yeah, and Vettel was first seven races, even including Canada, where he was off the podium. Um was on top of his game this was peak Seb yeah. uh, other than 2013 like six uh, firsts or seconds at the beginning of the season was insane well Hamilton had a really off weekend in Russia and Monaco as well Yeah. Um, and then Baku happened and Baku was one of the mentalist races of the last 10 years Yeah. Um, and from that point onwards I feel like Hamilton always had the mental edge because if you don't know what happened they Hamilton was accused of brake testing Vettel behind a safety car restart which um, was Vettel proven that he didn't, based on the truth. didn't. Vettel uh, got annoyed that he crashed into the back of him, pulled alongside, and then like sideswiped Hamilton. It was obviously very low speed, no damage really done. Um, but from that point onwards, I felt Vettel was kind of mentally lost the game already. You still um, always wonder to this day what happened behind the scenes down at Ferrari after that. Because we've yeah, never seen it was not that good side of Sebastian Vettel before. And to be honest, we never... Well, no, we had on a couple of occasions, haven't we? I think it's always the shining example. Was was it 2016 Mexico? Yeah, Wasn't it? he where, lost where, his head there. Where he told Charlie Whiting to F off. <laughs> yeah, <This laughs> yeah he lost his head there. He set, was really impatient with Ferrari in 2016 because the amount, like, they would try and undercut thin air. Yeah, often. exactly. <laughs> they probably bad. threw away three wins that year. I mean, I know we talked about the year after now, but he was quite unfortunate to be working with Ferrari for so long. And we see this with drivers at ferrari they just get worn down yeah yeah and then of <laughs> and course, this was really yeah the, the second half of that year you know once hamilton and mercedes got into their stride you know if we we talk about baku but again the big big defining moment from that championship and probably for the rest of his career honestly for seb 
yeah. uh, was Singapore, wasn't it? That was Definitely. that would have been an easy win for Seb. Yeah, qualified on pole. Hamilton down in fifth. Mercedes that would have did not have a car that weekend. That should they have been not. at least an easy 10-15 point gap for Sebastian Vettel yeah. to gain. And but he tried too hard to stop Verstappen getting by. Yeah. And like was costly, proved costly in the end. And also that race, uh, Nick Hulkenberg should have got a podium again. But he, but he ran, the out ran out of air. The car ran out of air. And it was also nice. another fantastic race because my boy, Julian Farmer's best result in Formula 1. <laughs> of the 2017 Singapore Grand Prix, Hamilton and Palmer won two. Won you two. love to see it. You love to see it. <laughs> Special shout out as well to Jensen Button uh, for trying to kill Pascal Verlein in Monaco that year yeah that's that's three weeks in a row that Verline's got a shout out it is there it is go. he's doing well he is doing well he also won Formula E at the weekend so hats off he to did. him but he did 2017 of course then after the Singapore Grand Prix we had Malaysia where Ferrari uh, had I think it was a few minor technical difficulties wasn't it yeah it was in qualifying yeah. that was in Q1 Japan Lacking obviously Seb then just went balls out got done in by a spark plug oh no that was sorry yeah that was 18 wasn't it sorry 17 yeah, was spark yeah. plug gate uh, and then just I mean he did get a win at Brazil late on but it was too little too late and I honestly was forgot done then. how close Bottas was to Seb at the end of that yeah, year yeah Bottas this is probably his best year in Mercedes oh, it was I would his say. best year yeah first year in Mercedes and really after a bit Britain uh, obviously the Mercedes uh, they were very close after Britain which was Bottas finished second Hamilton won but Bottas retired in Spain from third third place in the race yep had he not had that retirement, he'd have been ahead of Hamilton in the championship. Yep. Which is yeah. quite crazy. Absolutely mad. Absolutely mad. Because Hamilton, again, this was another year where he trade off a win with a mediocre result. Yeah, he had a few off weekends this in the first half, especially. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was. The narrative was good. The races, again, when. The, the whole thing they was great. high downforce was going to create better battles, but it didn't. It took the cars completely the wrong way. So well, the, all the engineers knew it wouldn't. Exactly. But... Exactly. Yeah. But that being yeah. said, this was the first generation of Formula One cars in a long time that looked cartoonishly fast over a qualifying lap. And that yeah. was quite special. These were the most I'd also beautiful cars of all time. I was going to say that as well. These were some of the best looking <laughs> Formula One cars of all time. Apart from the shark fins and the, the coat hangers on top. The shark fins <laughs> when and the they coat started coming in. could have been dropped. But the launch Mercedes, the W08, I think it was, without the shark fin and without the coat hanger, incredible. Yeah. Good looking car. Good looking car. Yeah. Let's bring it over then, Jamie. One year later, to be honest. I'll... Where are we going? Where are we putting it? Oh, sorry, I forgot about that. Uh, 2017, I feel like, belongs behind 2013. Yeah, I'll, I'd have I'd settle for a low, me decent, high okay. I was going to say, we'll put it in okay just to keep things balanced, but it's a yeah. top okay. A top okay season. 2018, though, it was a bit weird, wasn't it? Because it was kind of 2017 2.0. Yeah, but we the, but the narrative was kind of the same, but better, <laughs> but also therefore more predictable. Yeah, we kind of saw it before, but the Ferrari was more consistently on the pace of the Mercedes. Ferrari um, had the, this, like we said, twenty seventeen was the year car. Ferrari could have won. Twenty eighteen was the year Ferrari should have won. Yes, um, and also Red Bull were a lot, a lot closer to the front too, so they yes, really yeah. did mess and it up with Ferrari and Mercedes let's also not forget Jamie there was a little thing going on down at Toro Rosso that year wasn't it they, they'd taken on a new power unit supplier which proved to be quite oh, important yeah. in, in the yeah. years leading after McLaren finally binned off Honda and then realised they hadn't built a good car either for three years yep. um, Honda went to Toro Rosso and the rest is history so there we go uh, yeah really 
really good season in terms of narrative uh again up until the second half when hamilton just stopped messing around pretty much um i also well yeah. no we both actually wasn't it saw sebastian vettel's last ever legitimate formula one win we did and we met each other for the only time we did yeah the only time yeah. we've met which is what six years ago now five which jamie four and a half five years yeah oh yeah <laughs> nice good good counting ability there but again, this this season swung on Vettel making a mistake, which, yeah, was kind of what we got a bit sick of seeing in the in these couple of years of Formula One, because um, yeah, Germany should have been the race where Vettel absolutely stamped his authority on the championship exactly. and threw it away in the wet conditions. I remember even to this day after Austria, talking to our good friend Jack Walker, and after, after the- Britain. No, oh, after it? after Austria, it might have been after Silverstone. To be fair, um, but we both were there, going, "It's over. Mercedes aren't going to win this yeah. this year." I remember thinking that as well. Like after Silverstone, and especially after Germany qualifying when Hamilton had the failure and was qualified fifteen. The car, yeah, which was just ludicrous. Still, I don't know what he was thinking. Um, made for a good, made for a good shot though, didn't it? It did. It did. Uh, but yeah, Vettel on pole, Hamilton fifteenth. Vettel's already got a hefty lead in the championship I thought that was that and you know Vettel's gonna run away with it but it all swung on a on a wet day in Hockenheim Hamilton winning from 14th by ignoring team orders and refusing to pit um and Vettel yeah retiring from the lead of the race with a crash with a with a crash from the, the lead the first driver is... to do that I think wasn't it since like 2004 or well, something like that on his own, on his yeah. own, yeah. Because I guess Hamilton took himself and Rosberg out in Spain. But yeah. uh, not quite uh-huh. what happened, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, 2018, of course, you know, other things to remember. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen trying not to get himself invited to the FI Prize Gala uh, by retiring yeah. from Abu Dhabi, uh, but still was able to beat out Verstappen and Bottas, of This course. was the beginning of Super Verstappen, I believe. Yep. From... Also, Ricardo's yeah. frustration with Red Bull yeah. after two quality wins in both China and then Monaco. Yeah, yeah. I think from Belgium onwards, Verstappen scored the second most points Yeah, in third fastest car still at that point. So, yeah, he was he was on one, five podiums in five in the last five races. So The only driver to do yeah, that. The only driver, yeah, on the podium in the last five. So he was really the only threat to Hamilton because, again, much like 2017, Ferrari started having... A lot of problems. I this think was Spinola, wasn't it? Was a bit wrong in the second half of that in... year. Wait, what am I? Oh, I'm thinking the year before. Yeah, never mind. Because I'm thinking Japan, where Verstappen just randomly rocked up right behind him on the last lap, having not been anywhere the whole race. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, Vettel started spinning for fun this year, he which did. is always he took up that hobby. Times later on um, in the year. What was it? Italy and Japan and USA. And USA, yeah three out of five races just deciding to spin going for those pirouettes and then... also take your take your eyes down to P13 got a little debut yeah I was going to mention that as well a certain Monogast driver made his and he was doing debut. really well and he did I mean look at that in the, in the final few races from Russia onwards seventh in every Grand Prix unless he retired which was best of the rest yeah yeah he was quality and the Salva was good apart from uh, I've just realised Abu Dhabi where Sainz beat him yeah, yeah. But still, to finish consistently comfortably top 10 in a Sauber that was definitely worse than the Force India and the Renault this year. And the Haas. And the Haas. Mm, it was probably similar-ish to the Haas. Haas. Oh, no, this was Haas's great year, wasn't this it? No, was, it definitely wasn't. Well, great is a bit strong, but very good year. Well, it was their best. It was their best year, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, how many Hulk missed podiums were there this year? Uh, was it Germany? Oh, that was the year after. Never mind. I don't think there were any. Fair play. No, Hulk was just mediocre that year. <laughs> but still beat, beat out Sainz. Just beat out Sainz, you're right. The fact you can finish seventh on 69 points in a 19 race season. is mad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the top six were just gone in this era. But yeah, I think this season was very enjoyable. And the races always had something going on. Yeah. Where are we ranking it though? Better than seventeen? Better than seventeen in my eyes. Uh probably only just. Yeah. We'll put it one place above seventeen then. We'll yeah. lob it into decent. Twenty nineteen then, Jamie, after a couple of fantastic years, wasn't it? Kinda of went back to the old narrative, at least for the first half of the year. Uh with of course yeah. Mercedes absolutely dominating again. Yeah, eight wins out of eight. Although uh, to be fair, it, well, no, I'm not saying they shouldn't have. It was helped by Ferrari bottling a couple of those oh, races yeah. early on in the campaign. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's ironic that the first race that Mercedes didn't win, when Ferrari definitely had the second fastest car, uh, Max Verstappen was the one to put an end to it. And he was absolutely on it this year in what was definitely not the second fastest car. I don't think they the were far away. The I don't think they were far away. Um, of course, yeah. two retirements for him, two retirements for Charles Leclerc. Of course, got bumped up to Ferrari and instantly beat Sebastian Vettel. Yeah, just kind well, of we heard that one before. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I was then trying to look to find out where sixth finished, but then remembered, of course, this was the year Gasly and Albon swapped halfway through. Yeah. Um, so Carlos Sainz snookered sixth. Carlos Sainz snookered sixth place in a battle for P7 in the championship, which is kind of mad. He did, and the McLaren were back this year after they got rid of Alonso. Yeah. Uh, they suddenly remembered how to make a car. Little Lando Norris made his debut in P11 in the championship. Yeah, uh, along with George Russell and uh, Alex Albon, uh, two of which have no, they haven't. One of which has won a race since. Yeah, yep. <laughs> but based on this season, you wouldn't have guessed which one. Nope. Um, and really, really good year, I think. Obviously, the championship was basically done. The return of the Kubica. Yeah, which although it was year. pretty dog poo, and I know Polish fans are going to hate to hear that. That being said, though, the fact he was able to come back to Formula One, I've still got a lot of mad amount of respect for him for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Crazy good. And technically, he did beat his teammate. He did, well, not technically. So, he did beat his teammate. He did beat his through teammate. Through a solitary point at the German Grand Prix. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there were some amazing races in this. This was kind of when F1 realised what they had, I think, if you get what I mean. Like, the previous two years or three years or so were quite dull and the fan base was not that big I think the rise of Verstappen the the DTS well this was made Liberty debut. Media their first proper Liberty year Media. control and kind of from Austria onwards we had a run of crazy good races yes. in a row yeah. and then yeah F1's never really looked back since and arguably the entertainment factor went a little bit too far but they're doing quality still in terms of growth and fan base and all that kind of stuff so i think really f1 2019 will live well in my memory at least it's the narrative wasn't there but uh, the races individually were quality i was gonna say i think the lasting dimension of course as well from that year was ferrari's spicy engine wasn't it oh yeah <laughs> yeah a couple of uh illegitimate wins including charles leclerc's debut win in belgium yeah um but and the fact, then yeah. of course kicked sebastian vettel in the nuts by winning the Italian Grand Prix a week later in his first attempt for Ferrari, something that Seven had been trying to do for yeah. years. While Vettel spun out for no reason and uh, finished 13th that race. He spun um, out twice, didn't he? 
And then almost no, took only out once. Stroll. Was it only, only once. once? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. I tried to take out Stroll, and then Stroll complained is, at him and did yeah. exactly the same thing to someone else. <laughs> Gasly, that was in the Toro Rosso. Um, but yeah, really, really good season. Vettel's stock was declining rapidly. Yeah. Uh, certainly mistakes this year. This is the same can um, be said for Pierre Gasly, though. Well, his stock had never really climbed. Yeah, it had after 18. Yeah, it was good, but it wasn't... I mean, it, oh, it wasn't went higher. Sebastian <laughs> yeah, but no. it was still... No. The the Gasly struggle, wasn't it? That first half of the year. Oh, yeah. The where we really started to appreciate just how good Ricardo was at Red Bull. And Verstappen was. And how good Verstappen was, but of course the <laughs> fact that the team was completely geared around him. Yeah, yeah The yeah. fact that that had did, already did happened help. when Ricardo was still there, and Ricardo was still able to give him a decent run. Um, but yeah, of course, uh, you know, an interesting year. I mean, where where are we ranking 2019 then, Jamie? I, f- I feel like it's got it's going to go decent again, but we've not really got any in quality, have we? No, no, we haven't got any in quality yet, but I think that's fair still. I think that is... Bump up 2016. No, I'll bump <laughs> up 2010 into quality. <laughs> well, we'll wait and see about that. Uh, are we seeing where are we put in 2019, though, relative to these? Uh... Behind 2016. 16, yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's fair. No, no championship battle this year. Hamilton just won. Let's go then, Jamie. 2020, of course, was a very, very ye- a weird year. You know, I think it'll be one that we'll end up telling our kids and our grandkids about for, sadly, a lot of the wrong reasons, isn't it? Um, of course, the COVID year. But that being said, and is often forgotten because of how dominant the Mercedes was, a really brilliant year in the midfield, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You basically have Mercedes... Verstappen and then everyone else <laughs> and that was kind of it and yeah it was it was really really entertaining because basically other than the Mercedes and Verstappen in the Red Bull genuinely the other next eight teams were all on the same pace at some points in the race season um, you had some crazy good races the likes of uh, well, Austria to kick the season off yep. the Italian Grand Prix Yep. Uh, well, uh, Gasly's uh, redemption, wasn't it, that weekend? Yeah, yeah. Sakir Perez's first ever F1 win from last to first. Uh, Perez, the second half that year, was an absolute ball. Oh, it? yeah. That being yeah. said, he we also was he in was a Mercedes. Yeah, Force India slash Racing Point did cheat a little bit at this point. Turkey. Um, that weekend, Stroll's really first good. pole, and then Hamilton crowning himself a record-equaling seventh world championship. Hamilton equaled the win record and beat the win record this year he as did. well he did just a couple of yeah, weekends prior really really good all round really and of course we've got to give a shout out as well you know to the, all the cool tracks we had that year that sadly oh yeah we didn't i mean Imola came back since. none of us thought that, that would happen turkey came back of course none of us thought that would happen portimao i think deserves another shot uh nurburgring came back and even and i know it wasn't a great race circuit but uh, uh sorry um of Magello was a fantastic, oh, yeah. you know, that I think Qualifying goes down Mugello. for a lot of people as that'll be a moment that sticks in people's head was that Hamilton Polak going through all the um, Arabiata. Arabiata corners and of course the Spa lap as well a record breaking absolutely ridiculous car that was Mercedes <laughs> at the peak of their power wasn't it, 2020? Yeah, yeah but sadly, again, we got no championship. We didn't of that. get a championship battle <laughs> because Bottas was after Austria, pretty mediocre. He obviously showed back up for the Russian Grand Prix, um, but as he always did, spent a lot more of the year battling with Verstappen rather than battling with Lewis. Yes, yeah, 
podiums all round. I think seven teams got podiums this year. Seven teams got podiums. Uh, Ferrari's worst year in their history. Uh, well, not Probably. in their history, but not quite. One of their worst years in their history. Uh, Sebastian Vettel in his final year with Ferrari. Of course, he already got dropped before the season began. Uh, Thirty-three yeah. points to his name uh, compared to Charles Leclerc's ninety-eight. Uh, Sainz nice. again managing to finish P6 in a fight for P7 First in the podium. championship nope that was 2019 no 2020 he finished P6 no I mean he got his first podium but he didn't oh sorry sorry I was going to say he finished P6 of course in 2020 as well then Ricardo, you know managed to get Cyril uh, irritable with his uh, with his tattoos um, of course uh, four different teams with wins that year yeah. Uh, as well, which was the first time that had happened since 2012 or 2013? 2013. 2013. So a lot going on over the course of 2020. Yeah. I think, yeah, like we said, you know, he's kind of forgotten for the wrong reasons for a lot of people, but it was yeah. a very, very good year. Well, much like a lot of like this time, a lot of entertaining races, but sadly no narrative. No, exactly. But it depends what you want. I'm I'm all for the I, better races and worse yeah, seasons. I would to be quite honest. happily go back and watch the 2020 season review. Oh yeah, yeah. Where are we placing it? I think I, I just think 2016 is too low. I'm gonna be honest. No, it's not. <laughs> Don't give me that. Oh, there was no championship at all, but the races were alright, weren't they? No, there were a lot of good races. I, I mean, it's around 2019, isn't it, really? But I feel like, stick 2010 I feel up. like we need to stick bump 2010 up. up. Yeah, do it. And stick this just ahead of 2019, I would That's say. That's fair. I, I'm agreeing to that. <laughs> Here we go, then, Jamie. Here we go. Here we go. This is the one. <laughs> I mean, it's quite easy, isn't it, this one? It, it's a this question of whether it's better than 2012 or not, isn't it, really? Yeah. F1 I would... 2021. Of course, a lot of storylines up and down throughout it. the season, but it will be remembered for Max versus Lewis. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we've done a whole year worth of podcasts talking about this we season. We did do a so whole year worth of podcasts talking about this season. We don't massively need to go into we, we it. We can go through these last couple quite quickly, can't we, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, this season was incredible. Incredible. The two absolute superstars of Formula 1 that will be the best their generation who going at it hammer and tongs every single race it felt like they were getting together and controversy it had like magical seasons it had magical drama, races drama controversy you literally intrigue. couldn't have written it any no, better if, you, if you'd written this script for Hollywood someone would have said that's too far and sadly it felt like by the end of Abu Dhabi that a script had actually been written for the end of the year <laughs> Unfortunately, I enjoyed I'm, it. I know you did, and unfortunately, this is you know the only thing, the only thing that does ruin it slightly was had Max Verstappen done that move in a way like Hamilton did with Glock in 08, best season of all time without a shadow of a doubt. I yeah, I'd agree. But with the that. fact it had to be manufactured slightly still does, and again, you know, I, I, I will, I will hold my hands off. up and admit that part of that does come from the fact that my driver was robbed at the end of the day. But it, for me, that is why I would just put it behind 2012. Yeah, I think 2012 was better because it was it felt a bit purer. 2012 was all natural, right to the bitter end, apart from Schumacher letting Vettel buy, but that didn't make. I mean difference. that, but that was his own choice. That exactly. wasn't the FIA telling him exactly. So, yeah, incredible races, incredible season for Stappen's first championship of many, and another one where Hamilton should have come from behind to take the crown that he yeah. didn't. He didn't. There we go. 
cry about it. We'll move on. 2022. <laughs> 2022, the most recent season, and to be fair, it was Let's again be no narrative. Not to give it bias tax. Yeah, obviously you're going to look back on older seasons with more generally. I was actually going to say um, because this year was more recent, we'll remember more from it. Oh really? I guess. Yeah, but it it just the narrative wasn't there. It was a lot of the races great. were okay. Yeah. But it wasn't great. There were a lot of... To be fair, a lot of teams were fourth best. But the whole... There was so much hype about how this year could completely change up everything. And we still just had those big three teams that have been there for quite a while. And everyone else behind them trying to fight. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like a more normal, like, late 2010s year. Which, as we've established, were not always that good. No. Um... And the races themselves were less entertaining than the years of 19 and 20, I feel, because the gaps between teams were a lot bigger. Because Hamilton didn't have a car that could fight for Stappen. And unfortunately, Charles Leclerc on occasion could, but Ferrari were useless again. And, and Charles Leclerc was not wasn't. great on quite a few he occasions wasn't perfect. as well. <laughs> uh, I think 22 probably goes in okay. Yeah, it's, it's where we put it's it odd. in okay, isn't it? Mm. I'd, I'd settle... F- I think it maybe is the best of those those that are in there. You reckon it's better than 2017? Mm. They're a similar storyline, I suppose. There was a bit of story, especially first half. Because, um, I mean, just laughing at Ferrari I, week was quite fun, wasn't it? Yeah, only up to a certain point, though. By the end of the summer <laughs> yeah. break, it just got frustrating more than anything else. I would yeah. be honestly inclined to put this between 14 and 11. Yeah. I mean, 2022, yeah, it will... It won't go down in history, in the memory, but it will go down in history because Verstappen had a record-breaking year. Yeah. I'll be thirteen. Yeah. Sorry, no, I'll be seven, eighteen. I don't 19. know. 18, 18, it was. No, nineteen wasn't it? I think. Was it? Eighteen, nineteen. Who knows? It was a Red Bull. The Red Bull was fast. It's weird, That's isn't it? We because it's not a particularly iconic car, though. Still, like, we can't even no, we can't even remember just, what it was called. It just won a lot of races by chance if <laughs> it did. Yeah, not it was chance. helped by that, wasn't it? And I mean, I think we both still would argue that. The Ferrari F175 should have gone down as an iconic Ferrari, but of course it won't. Yeah, because they completely bottled it they did, on entirely. numerous occasions. Entirely. But there we go then, Jamie. I think, honestly, looking through that list, I'm quite happy with the order we've got there. I'm not seeing, I actually am. I'm not seeing any outliers on that list, to be honest. I am. I'd like I'd like 2016 bumped up, but I'll settle. I we can, can, I can it, take it. We can it. bump it to the bottom of quality, but... All right. Do it. doesn't really make much difference. <laughs> doesn't really make much difference. An, an interesting era of Formula 1 wasn't it called split into yeah. two real halves but uh, that was that was good fun nostalgia I think that was always what we wanted it was. this podcast to be we knew we'd ramble and I hope you enjoyed we it we have uh, <laughs> the better part of an hour and 15 minutes and it does also mean Jamie we can give ourselves on a pat of the back because now really we've survived the winter break <laughs> we, we have, we've made wow. it we've done it We've, we've, yeah. we've dragged it out. And ne- we've got another idea for next winter when we can do the 2000s to 2009 version. We can, yeah. We've got so, podcasts sorted till about 2030 <laughs> now for one show each winter. But yeah. <laughs> there we go then. I think we don't think we've got anything else to mention, have we, Jamie? Uh, I don't think so. We've, Let me just we've done check pretty well. real quick because we've been talking for ages. We have been speaking for quite a while. Um, Nothing, no, nothing nothing's happened. been confirmed. Wonderful wonderful well thank you all 
so much for listening then. If you have enjoyed, please do make sure you leave a like, get yourself subscribed, and we will be back finally next week. 2023 car reveals. We've got Haas, we've got Red Bull, and the last one, I've lost my list. I can't quite remember which was the third team. But There's another team as well. There is another team <laughs> as well. It's going to be a surprise. Let's Let's claim that. But thank you all so much for listening, and we will be back next week then with more Knowing Wheel.